the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Hey, welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro. Pastor Sean, we kind of let this kind of slip by as we're entering our fifth year. We're in season five of the Reaching for Real Life podcast, man. We need to celebrate. Season five. Yeah. Wow. The first season, I think, was only maybe four episodes. You like started it and then it, it was just crashed. me with a computer, <laughs> you know, and just kind of trying to impersonate a co-host voice or something. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It, we we did a bit. It's, it's out there, but no, this is uh, yeah fifth fifth season. Isn't really? that crazy? Yeah, we're just starting wow. it, but grateful to do it. Now we have so many great listeners and getting great feedback. Last uh, last week's podcast I thought was pretty cool. Oh, had some great great stuff, great conversation. And you got some good that. feedback today from our friends at KSLR. Oh, I did, I did. I met with Chad Gamage and Marcus Burgos. That's the way he says his name, <laughs> Burgos. Mar- Marcus is an amazing guy. He's a pastor, mm-hmm. uh, but he also works with. Salem there and is happens to be our kind of contact our account rep so I had lunch with both those guys and yeah they're just great guys very supportive of what we do they were very complimentary of the work that you do my friend well, editing I, and making this sound sensible I taught them everything they know what are you talking about uh, yeah well I know of course yeah Uh-oh. is this on are we still on the air <laughs> yeah they just cut it <laughs> no it, uh, it I love those guys love that mm-hmm. they, they really do they're they're great folks who see themselves as partners helping to amplify the voices of ministries all around South Texas. So they're great guys. I'm encouraged too that the, that this great program that we air comes out on a podcast first at reachingforyourlife.org and all the usual channels. But yes, it does air on Fridays on KSLR five thirty on your drive home. You can catch it. So again, yeah. grateful to uh, no, to the word. We're on two spots there two two p.m. Mm-hmm. five thirty every day. And those guys use us for other things that they have. They you know which is re- we really appreciate that. So. Uh, we just uh, great partnership, great great folks to work with. That's awesome, Pastor Sean. How was your weekend there? Uh, my weekend was great. I had made my serious, well researched prediction for the Super Bowl. Yes, I remember that. Remember, <laughs> well <subtle>. researched, <laughs> studied. Let's see. If we play back the tape, uh, I think you said one of these guys is going to win. Uh, somebody <laughs> has to win. No, what I said is, man, depends on the health of Patrick yeah. Mahomes. And, oh my gosh, the Eagles depend. Line. Yeah, Mahomes, uh, wow. The man. And, and let me just say, uh, Coach Andy Reid, the first half was pretty tight, and I think the Eagles probably dominated. The Chiefs came out something. One, stop and consider that Eagles defensive line is so formidable. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, yeah, that's going to be the difference. Patrick Mahomes never got sacked. Yeah, that's true. I didn't and, think about that. And that that's just, when you stop and think about that, the offensive line of the Chiefs is excellent. Mahomes is a wizard. The whole team played great. And it just really, it was one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. Yeah. It came right down to the wire. Great. It was fantastic. We had a great time. And he got his ankle rolled again, and you thought, oh, now it's over. Oh, yeah. I really you know? did. It's going to be the worst Super Bowl ever. Yep. And, oh, nope. my. Nope. Nope. That's not what happened. 
No, exactly. Uh, the story, though, that came out the day after, Pastor Sean, uh, was from both, uh, from both quarterbacks where they were talking about their faith, you know, that they're Christians first type of thing. I love that. I love to hear that. I hope that's true. You know, I know a lot of people share that, and they have a background or things. I don't know either of these guys, but I hope it's really true that they are really people of faith because I think that's fantastic that they're examples. You know, they play the game well. They play the game like sportsmen. So yeah. they're everything I know of them. But that's that's one of those things with celebrities. You kind of just hope, Lord, let it be, let it, that be true, and I'm grateful for that. And when's the last time you saw uh, an NFL player uh, during the national anthem cry? Wow. That was powerful, too. I, I think that was the coach. Yes. Uh, well, both. I saw many a teary eye. It, well, stop and consider. That is a uh, the, the moment that that mm-hmm. is. I hope we can still be grateful for this nation. I hope, you know, those guys obviously have the added thing of, man, we work so hard and we're here. We're at mm-hmm. this moment. And that, but when that flag is unfurled and you're celebrating the national anthem, I, I think any person with wisdom, that's a moment of gratitude. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people who go, oh, no, it's not equal opportunity for everyone. I, I don't know if that's a real thing, if that really exists. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think, and I'm a big believer in equal opportunity. The problem is you're never going to get equal outcome. Mm. Nobody's life is the same. Nobody has truly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody has the same opportunity, the same talents, the same gifts, the same opportunities in life. But you got to admit, man, I don't care who you are. If you're willing to work and willing to try, um, this place is the best. And that national anthem should give you some sense of hope and optimism about the United States. Uh, Chris Stapleton really brought it there, too. Just a humble little guitar and nailed it. I have to tell you, that is maybe my favorite rendition. Really? Well, because it fits right into my style of music yeah, and what, what I love. And Chris Stapleton's amazing. And it was really heartfelt. And it, they, some people said country, really more bluesy. Right. And it just was like, oh, it was incredible. Uh, the, the other one that stands out in my mind was Alicia Keys. She yeah. sat down at yeah. a grand piano yeah, and classy. just played. But it was so, she sang almost reverently. It was mm-hmm. so beautiful. And so, yeah, I love a good rendition of the national anthem. I, I just think, and it's just that awesome moment for us all to come together and go, oh, yeah, this football game is going to be important, mm-hmm. you know, but, but man, we, we are one nation under God and we have this freedom and it's not something that we should ever take for granted, not something we should take lightly. When it comes to like being the best Super Bowl, I kind of, when it comes to national anthems, I think Whitney Houston had the crown for the longest well, time. Well, you know? yes. That was pretty. I don't know. Now with this Chris version, how do I get a copy of that? You know, oh, YouTube. <laughs> well, I mean, like to play on the radio and, and how you know to, to get a copy of that. To, to oh, you can rip those things on YouTube. <laughs> As Pastor no, no. Sean would say, just rip it off of YouTube. No, I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. And you people from CCLI licensing, of course, Pastor Sean's kidding. Oh, well done. Well, if we're going to talk about that, Pastor Sean, there's always a little controversy somewhere. Right, right, right. right. Uh, I don't know if you got it on your feed there, but former GOP Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake is on every social media Page saying that uh, she's sitting down during the Black National Anthem. I didn't even know that was happening. They, they went to commercial on my TV. Yes. Um, I, I, th- that's one of those things. And I think it's appropriate with based on our conversation last week. Oh, sure. Remember, this is Black History Month. I think it's appropriate to have a conversation about this. Uh, the song we're talking about. Okay, and I don't know if Carrie Lake stood or didn't stand, and I don't really, that, that's not a big thing that I'm spending a lot of time thinking about. Mm-hmm. The song is called uh, Lift Every Voice and Sing. 
and it is the rendition was done by Cheryl Lee Ralph, and it was actually very beautiful. And you know, it's a it's a beautiful song. It's really a hymn of freedom. The NAACP began to promote the hymn as the Negro national anthem in 1917, uh, with the term "Black National Anthem," which was used kind of in the present day, and. The challenge that people have, okay? Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful song, a significant song for uh, civil rights movement and leaders trying to promote black opportunity, trying to secure freedom, equal opportunity, particularly different places around the country where obviously that wasn't happening. So it's really a significant song. Mm -hmm. And if you're just singing the song, it's beautiful. And it has deep significance uh, when you consider its history. When you call it the Black National Anthem, okay, mm. that's where it's problematic. Mm-hmm. And that's where people start to go, okay. And this is, relates to what we talked about last week. Remember, we talked about an approach to anti-racism that unifies versus one that divides. Yes. And this is a classic example of, I think, a maybe well-intended but misguided attempt to honor and recognize. But when you call it a Black National Anthem, first of all— we don't have a black nation. We are one nation. And as I've pointed out many times, ad nauseum, we basically are all shades of brown. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I saw a truly white guy, and it was alarming. <laughs> <laughs> and most people who are black people are not absolutely fully black, right? Mm-hmm. We're all just shades of brown along the way, and we are one nation. Mm-hmm. And that's what's I think, so important about the national anthem. That doesn't mean that there hasn't been racism in the United States. It doesn't mean there hasn't been have a necessary fight for equal opportunity and for civil rights. But it just means that under that flag, this is a nation that will, will fight. Mm-hmm. This is a nation that does a pretty good job of self-correcting. Right. You know, we, we don't in any way deny the sins of our past. We don't try to pretend they don't, didn't exist, but we do a good job of saying, okay, but we're, we don't want to continue in that. So now we're, we realize it and we're going to change. And so to have this song sung as the Black National Anthem truly, I think, does more to divide. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, all black children sit, oh, that's my national anthem. This other one isn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the national anthem is not about color. You know, this truly is a land of opportunity for everyone. I think it was uh, economist Walter Whitman, black economist Walter Williams, uh, who passed away just uh, in December of 2020, Mm. who made the statement that if the black community in America were its own nation, it would be the eighth wealthiest nation in the world. Uh, He and Thomas Sowell have both pointed out how black people have done far superior in the United States, as far as upward mobility, as far as prosperity in the United States than other places around the world. That doesn't mean that there isn't inequity in places. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that racism is there aren't pockets of racism in people's hearts Mm -hmm. and in systems and places. It just means that in the United States, for the person who says, yeah, I want to work, I want to uh, I want to advance myself. This is a land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is look at our immigration issue. Mm-hmm. You, you look at immigrants from all over the world. I'm, and I'm telling you, what's funny is immigrants who are black, they recognize this is a land of opportunity. I want to make the most of it. And so I want that for all of us. I want us all to look at that flag together and say, yep, that nation that that represents is not perfect but it is a place that is willing to, to grow. It's willing to admit its mistakes. It's willing to self-correct. Mm-hmm. And it is a land of opportunity. Yeah. And I think that's important. You know, you need to see that. Uh, of course, this all brings up the protests with Colin Kaepernick. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and again, my whole 
my whole perspective with Colin Kaepernick is he was just deeply misguided, mm. deeply misguided. I, I feel like if you want to protest police brutality, I think that is an appropriate protest. If you want to go to the precincts where there where there's a problem and where something has happened, and you want to you want to go and protest, I think that's an appropriate and a right thing to do, and it's a right under our constitution. But when you castigate the whole nation and you say, okay, because this area had racism in the Mm -hmm. police force or these few police officers have done horrible crimes or whatever because it just happens um when you when you then say so therefore that flag represents oppression and i'm not going to honor that flag now you've just also created a huge divide yeah because a lot of people you know know someone who gave their life for that flag right you know and not for the flag okay flag's a piece of cloth Mm -hmm. it's what it represents correct it, what, what it represents. And, and the United States, as a group of people together who say, yeah, there are certain things that we believe in, you know, we, certain truths we hold self-evident, that all people are created equal by their creator and endowed with certain inalienable rights. Yeah. That's important, right. you know. And so while the song Lift Every Voice is beautiful and the rendition was beautiful, I'm like, don't call it a black national anthem. Mm-hmm. Just sing the song. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's not a national anthem because this is not a black nation or a white nation or a brown nation. It's a nation. Right. And it's beautiful because we are all shades of brown and it really is a melting pot. And uh, we are better for our diversity. We are better because we are so diverse in who we are. Yeah. The unity message that you're talking about, Pastor Sean, again, so beautiful. Again, a, what a patriotic moment. It's this football game. It's a game. It's a sport, you yep. know. Yep. Uh, but the patriotism that with a with a big flag. The flyover, which again made history with, the, with the female mm-hmm. pilots there for the first time. Yep. And then the other patriotic song that was sung, America the Beautiful by Babyface, with his acoustic guitar. His, his, I miss his that. His American flag. I uh, missed uh, that. It was very, very powerful. I got to go back and watch it. I, I was coming, we were coming from our house and we were late getting things ready for the <laughs> Super Bowl parties. We were coming to the church. So I got in right as Stapleton was like in the middle of the national anthem. So I, I, I miss that. It was awesome. It was well, good. Well, that was awesome. I'm, and now I'm picturing you at a Super Bowl party. I'm going, so which Bears jersey did you wear? Walter Payton. <laughs> What? Was it a question, Walter? No, exactly. Sweetness. <laughs> they had a little game played tables around t- at halftime. Tables around teams, and we uh, it was a trivia game. Yeah. And my team name, Sweetness. <laughs> I'm not okay. playing. No, you're, not, you're free. <laughs> I'm, I'm not playing. So tell me about what song did uh, Babyface do? America the Beautiful. You know, it's uh, a, as as the baseball has taken me out to the ball game, we play America the Beautiful oh, before the Super Bowl. You know, that was per- that was just again. It got me choked up, yep. you know, and now we got to have some drama in there. Involved ah, but, that, but a lot of that's media hype up, you know, because, right. uh, OK, I'm sure there were people who sat were sitting during the national anthem. Not, not many because, you know, again, it is the national anthem. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're not making a deal out of that. Right? right. It's great. Great game. Great day. Great day. And the church, uh, did you do the Super Bowl party here? I miss that. Oh, yes. Was there gambling? Sorry, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, of course not. No, of course not. It was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was beautiful. God, the thing that keeps showing up, this, this has nothing to do with this podcast, Pastor Sean. But oh, there's this horrible video floating around now too of the of the kid who lost money on that last uh, kick, and he just blew up on the TV and it came off the wall and he just lo- he lost a lot of money and just made a fool of I himself. I haven't seen that, that oh, but I'm glad I didn't. That's I'm glad a drag. you didn't too. Yep. It was a, it was just a bad display. Uh, I will say that's something that is bothersome in sports, and I don't want to yeah. have that conversation. But the the Gambling is yeah. just like every podcast now Correct. is, is uh, sponsored by 
different gambling sites. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you, do you realize what you're doing? Do you realize mm-hmm. what you're doing to people? Uh, there's a reason that the scripture says the wager is a fool. It does something to you. And particularly certain personality types, man, they get, start getting obsessive. And, uh, you know, maybe you've ever been to Las Vegas and messed around at a card table or anything. And it's very easy for you to get addicted mm-hmm. and become um, really lost in that. So I don't like that. I, I, it bothers me that that's become such a part of sports. Yeah, It's been always a- been a part, but it's like it's everywhere now. Right. And it's so easy to do is what yeah. it is. Uh, uh, there's another phrase, too, uh, a little take on the scripture that says the wages of spend is debt. I'm sorry, what? Have you heard that one? <laughs> I have not. The, the wages, wages of spend, spend is debt. debt. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. And it's true, right? Uh, anything else on this topic, Pastor Sean? Well, we... no, as we talk about the problem of things that disunify us yeah. or that separate us, um, I, I just want to say Sunday for us, because of our Super Bowl party, our, our Every Sunday at 2 p.m., our third service is Spanish-speaking, oh, our, yeah. our Spanish congregation. And, you know, what's interesting is this is not a separate church. This is it's River City and Espanol, and they are a part of us. And they joined us because we were going to be setting up in the afternoon. So they all came to that second service, our second service. You know, if you, you can go to reallife.org and check this out. Mm-hmm. A great video presentation by our Spanish pastor, Pastor Johan Mora. And um, then he and I talked a little bit. We prayed for our Spanish Congress. It was great. It was great. But one of the coolest things was illustrated in our worship. Hmm. Because our team, we had singers from the Spanish service and our Anglo services. We had a leader from from our, our service, Lauren uh, Led and Josiah with, with our Anglo services. But, but Lisbeth Mora, Yohan's wife, came and sang and had singers in the choir. And it was just this very blended thing. We did... Second song was Spanish and English, and it was, it was so seamless. You know, I've seen things like that where it's kind of awkward, and you're making this presentation, and everybody's bending, you know, kind of bending over backwards to try to create this idea. It, it didn't. It, this was so, so seamless. And this, what I guess my thing is the worship was so unifying, and it just carried through everything. Yeah. You know, if you were in our auditorium on our services on Sunday, the only way you could tell who's River City in Espanol, River City in Inglés, is the headsets. We have you know, ah. an app that, that we have translator working. And, and so for the sermon, they use the headsets. But in worship, we were back and forth, English, Spanish. It was just beautiful. I love it. And it was so seamless. It's, it's not like it, okay, this is totally different. It was, it was all just a flow. And, and you know, our team just did regular worship rehearsal. Yeah. They didn't, didn't do any big special thing. They did an arrangement, but it was like... It just illustrated for me, this is what heaven's going to be like. Exactly. This is Can what, you imagine? Yeah. It, it, well, uh, again, I asked a couple people from our, our River City in Espanol and Pastor Mora. That they're always saying, yeah, no, it's, of course it's going to be unified in heaven because everybody speaks Spanish. Por supuesto, of course, yeah. Claro, I'm telling you, the Cantonese, they'll have something to say about that. You know? Now, I just... It, it was so cool, Baron. Mm-hmm. It was so much a unifying picture. And it really is something very unique. Our River City and Espanol is such a cool ministry. They're having pretty much 200 people a week now gathering in worship. Awesome. <clears throat> and they started the February of COVID 2020. Wow. With like 40 people. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and so so obviously it gets shut down and we're all doing video and all that. We're getting shut down. Mm-hmm. But... But it's just so cool. And when you talk about our, 
our feeding ministry, Real Life Christian Assistance. Half the people in that line are the Anglo people. Half the people are are uh, Spanish speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the people who are coming for food mm-hmm. and the people ministering to them. Because we have it's a car line and we fill their trunks with boxes of food and then. Uh, you know, there's people along the line asking for, do you have prayer requests and yes. letting them know about ministries? How can we pray for you and your family? And our Spanish congregation is very involved there. We've got people from that food line who are now attending our Spanish congregation, our English congregation, mm-hmm. um, our, our vocational training ministry, vocational mentoring That's right. is, uh, is Spanish speaking. And Pastor Yoan helps lead that with some other Spanish leaders. And so just, it's so interactive and it's like, you can't tell the difference around River City. Awesome. It's such a cool dynamic. And it's like, that's a picture. Mm-hmm. That's a picture of what unity looks like. Yes, do we occasionally have to figure the language stuff out? <laughs> Every once in a while, it's like, oh, dang, nobody hears by me. Oh, well, all right, let's figure it out. Fortunately, there's apps now that True. can do that, websites that can help you with that. But it's like, we are one congregation. I love it. You know, Pastor Yohan's part of our management team. And it's just, it's one of the coolest things happening at River City right now. All right, so Pastor Sean, we know we can come to River City Community Church at 9.30 and 11.30. Mm-hmm. Spanish service? 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's it's in Spanish, it's preaching Spanish, music Spanish. It is, and Pastor Yohan's preaching. It is fantastic. It is, and it, it is just such a cool community. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, too, because it's kind of an international service oh, when wow. you think about it, because it's maybe... I don't know if it's half Mexican immigrants. The other half are at least, or more, half or more are Central, Central. American, mm-hmm. South American, Venezuela, Guatemala, right. you know, Honduras, people all over who are a part of this Spanish-speaking service. And that they're a part of River City, and they're serving, they're ministering all over the place here. Mm, awesome. It's cool. When it comes to this teaching, do you guys talk to each other what you're, each other are talking about? And do they ever compliment somewhat, each other? Somewhat, yeah. Somewhat. Uh-huh. I, I really don't. I'm not binding him to what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm not being bound to what they're doing. But we will do some things together. Um, it, you know, I let him know if he knows, like, I'm going to be teaching through Colossians. He might teach through Colossians. Yeah. We have done, like, we did an Easter service where. Oh, that was where, awesome. Yeah, where I, I pre- preached a message. And for one point, I brought him up. Yeah. And he taught the point. Right. And he's an excellent teacher. Um, what's that takes a high level translator? Yes, right. Your yes. interpreter has to be because they're back and forth and and translating sermons anyway because it's so much abstract, mm-hmm. so much you know kind of stuff that you have to. It, it's just a different vocabulary. Please don't say seraphim again. <laughs> <laughs> seraphim. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, Pastor, what are you talking about? You still in Colossians? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. No. I, that has been a great series mm-hmm. for us. I love this book. Paul is confronting false doctrine, false teaching that that people are trying to bring in legalists, Judaizers, Gnostics, mm-hmm. all pressing in on this congregation that Paul's never actually visited. Mm-hmm. He hadn't been there yet. There, these people. It was Philemon is the one who's hosting this, and Epaphras was had been saved and discipled under Paul's ministry in Ephesus. And so Paul's writing to people he's never met, but mm-hmm. this church has started. And so he's trying to make sure they're, they're solid and they're grounded, but false teachers are coming in and he, so he just is hammering home Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, the fullness of deity dwells in him. And because of that, he dwells in you mm-hmm. and it's just a powerful, powerful book. And we're, so we're loving, it. it's been great going through it. 
Very good. Well, again, you can learn more about River City Community Church at reallife.org. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast that can be found every day at reachingforreallife.org on AM 630, The Word, AM 930, The Answer, and also on Bernie Radio, mm. uh, which is a station I happen to know and like out in Bernie, Texas, <laughs> Pastor Sean. Uh, final thoughts, Pat, can we talk, can we talk about your little family uh, ceremony that you had? Oh, hold, yes, 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 uh, yes. Yeah. What Barron's referring to is this, uh, this week we've had to say, goodbye to our longtime pet our, our dog ginger uh, what a wonderful wonderful uh pet she's been and you you guys you know you're listening to this you've been through this mm-hmm. it's it's very difficult you know it's time and the animal is beginning to suffer beginning to struggle and so you don't want to you don't want to drag that out for them right and so we had to say goodbye to our sweet ginger uh ah. we have property um gave her a burial this morning and so, you know, it's it's one of those things where on one hand you're like, well, but this is how it works with animals. They don't live as long as us. And they're, and some people say, well, they're just animals. Well, that's a person who's never had a pet. <laughs> never exactly. really. It's family. You know, yeah, they, they really are. They really are. They become like family, right? right? And so, anyway, yes, we're walking through that, and it's very sad. Um, right. But uh, – but you know, we we have great hope that in, one day in that great puppy resurrection, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, thank you for thinking of us, Baron. No, absolutely. It. No, it's real. We're going through it ourselves there too, you know. So it's just again, it's everyone goes through it, and, yeah. and they should. It's part of life, and yep. and it helps with grieving. Actually, yep. kind of teaches you, and and God speaks to us through our animals. Yep. I honestly believe that. Yeah. So many lessons in obedience and unconditional love, and just God just using this creature. Oh yeah, we lives. stood by that grave and prayed a prayer of thanksgiving. This dog was a great dog. And, mm. you know, I've had lots of dogs in my life. And this one, the, she was very special, very different, mm. very unique. Um, and, uh, you know, you just give thanks for that. And you thank the Lord and you, you know, you just learn from that and you, you grow. Yeah. Pastor Sean, thanks again for sharing from your heart, and mm. uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for your presence, and you are a part of everything we do. And, and Lord, we want to look at everything through the lens of mm-hmm. your word, the lens of your purpose. Lord, whether it's Super Bowls and the songs they sing and what's the objective, of, what's your heart, God? We want to know that. What's your desire? Lord, uh, how we respond with people from different nationalities and different languages, Lord, what's your heart? Your desire is that we would be one in you. The word teaches us there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We are all one in Christ. Help us to live that. Let your church be a model of that. I thank you for what you're doing in River City and Espanol and Pastor Yohan and his team. I just pray your blessing on them as we continue to grow together. And uh, Lord, I pray for everyone listening. Bless them, guide them, and help us to seek you and experience your presence all week long. In Jesus' name, amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.